0: Hi, I'm Kimberly Young, Assistant Medical Director for Hillside, and welcome to Reframe Children's Mental Health. Hillside's mission is to help children and families thrive by providing outstanding residential services and community mental health services. Our programs focus on the strengths of our kids and encourage the growth and improvement they need to navigate through life. Hillside provides specialized, cutting-edge mental health care and education to children and their families. According to the national nonprofit, iFoster, in 2020, there were approximately 424,000 foster youth nationwide. The need for foster care remains essential in our country. In fact, the average number of children in the foster care system in Georgia each day is 12,700. Each day, the state receives about 200 reports of child abuse or neglect, and 33 of those are confirmed cases. Many children in foster care have undergone traumatic experiences during the most critical developmental time of their lives. They may have mental health problems resulting from neglect or abuse. For this reason, children in foster care need particular attention to help them feel secure about themselves and around others. Traditional foster care is not always enough to help a child heal and grow. Treatment foster care or therapeutic foster care is an alternative that offers hope for both the child and their family. The Connections Program at Hillside is one of the few foster programs in Georgia that focuses on children with special emotional needs. The program was designed to provide stability for these children by pairing them with families who are trained and supported to welcome them. Here's Kaylee Lowndes, Program Director of Hillside Connections, with more about foster care and Hillside Connections.
1: Hi, my name is Kaylee Lowndes. I am the foster care program director here at Hillside. Foster care can look like a lot of different things. At the end of 2020, there were just under 12,000 kids here in foster care in the state of Georgia. Uh, This can mean that they're living with family, so that they're actually just receiving services to stay in their home already, that there's not a significant safety concern for them to have to leave the home. Uh, It can also mean a child's place with relatives, so someone who's taking care of them and maybe they're working a case plan to go back home. Uh, We also have kinship care, where relatives take permanent custody of someone who was maybe not their biological child. And then what most people are familiar with is where we have kids in foster homes with people who they don't know. Uh, And that's where we hear about foster care, foster parents, and children being cared for in, in out of their biological home setting. This is the most familiar way that people view foster care. Hillside's foster care program has been serving the metro Atlanta community and the surrounding areas for over 25 years. We got our start in 1995, and we have been a therapeutic provider to children and families within our Hillside network. Uh, Traditional foster care is not always enough to help a child heal and grow. Treatment foster care or therapeutic foster care is that alternative that offers hope and healing for both the child and their family. The goal of Therapeutic Foster Care is to place a child in a specially trained TFC Therapeutic Foster Care home with parents who've been educated on providing clinical level care. Uh, TFC, unlike traditional foster care, combines in-home living with mental health treatment and supports. Our TFC parents are taught how to address mental health issues in a nurturing and compassionate family environment. Traditional foster parents generally receive less intensive training um, and may not be prepared to handle the complex emotions and behaviors that foster children often express. And a lot of times we hear the narrative of children in foster care as having significant mental health and significant behavioral issues, which most of that comes from a child's trauma and attachment issues and other harm that may have come to them prior to coming into foster care. Once we get a home to the approval process, and even at the end of the approval process, we're talking to parents about placement preferences. So the behaviors, mental health issues, medical diagnoses, different aspects or diagnoses a child may have that would a parent feel not just comfortable, but also competent parenting. Um, Meaning that yes, could they handle it? And do they want to handle it? Um, Because we do have a lot of parents who are nurses, teachers, um, they work in the mental health field. And if you're attending to mental health or medical issues all day, are you ready to come home and attend to them all night? Um, And so we really work with parents to see What is going to be the best fit child for their home? Because we want to make sure that when a child comes into the home, the placement will be stable, that the child can stay there while addressing all of their therapeutic needs. We always want to avoid what's called disrupting the placement, meaning they have to leave abruptly or they're hospitalized um, because that's traumatic for everyone. It's traumatic for the child because now they've been uprooted yet again. Um, And so often our children blame themselves after several disruptions. They think, well, all these other families are doing fine. It must be me that's the problem. So we want to avoid that internalization of a child feeling like they're to blame. And if a parent has to say, I can't take care of this child anymore, we don't want them to feel the trauma of what that means and how maybe they could not help that child because that in itself is a trauma. So that's something that we always want to make sure our parents are prepared for any type of situation that might come up, but that they're honest with themselves and us in what would be an appropriate placement for their home. Because working with children who have significant trauma, working with children who've been separated from their families, um, even going from one or home to the next it's a different culture. It's a different experience. If it, it's it's a different environment, and so having to readjust your entire lifestyle to a whole new home every single time a child moves can be very overwhelming. Um, and our parents are trained and work with us on how to make the home a as welcoming of environment as possible. Um, and our parents really work to shift the narrative around what does it mean to be a foster parent. Uh, So often we hear, you know, kids, oh, these kids have so many problems or, oh, they don't have good outcomes in life. And we have seen that when children in foster care have caregivers who stick it out with them and really work with them through, the, through that first few months which which are hard when a kid's adjusting to a home when they're trying to decide if they can trust you to care for them or if you're just going to get rid of them too um that's that's when we see our our foster parents helping our kid make real gains um, in who they are as a person and accomplishing their own goals A foster parent has quite a few different responsibilities once they are approved and once the child is in the home. Um, As you can imagine, having a child who is in the legal custody of the state, there are quite a few different reporting things that have to happen, um, but also really providing that meaningful patient therapeutic care um, because it's about connection. It's about building that community for the child. Um, Our kids that we see making the most strides, being successful, are the ones that are able to connect with their family and build that emotional attachment and bond. Uh, So with our parents, it's about being patient. It's about understanding that every child um, may have their own bumps in the road, whether that be a child in foster care or your own biological children. We know that kids are going to have their moments, and it's up to the foster parent to respond in a way that teaches the child what is appropriate in a situation and how to navigate the challenges the child faces internally, whether it be triggers from a prior trauma, um, emotional disconnection, because they they don't feel safe in a specific situation, um, and then also working within a team, because that is one of the biggest things that a parent can do for a child, creating their own community connections so that a child feels empowered to be themselves.
0: By opening their home, giving freely of their time, and offering patience, love, and compassion, a strong foster parent plays a key role in a foster child's success. Lorraine Bailey has been a foster parent through Hillside Connections for 20 years. Having grown up watching her mother serve as a foster parent to other children, Lorraine was inspired to do the same.
2: Hi, my name is Lorraine Bailey, and I am a foster parent with Hillside Connections. I became a foster parent because my mother took in my cousin at about three years old because she was in danger of being put into um, into foster care. At that time, I was still living at home with my mom and We had her in the house for about five years. And at that point, my mom decided that she wanted to take in other children. And I was still at home at that time. So I want to kind of say it's almost like a tradition because my sister's a foster parent as well. And um, at that time, I decided I wanted to become a foster parent, too. And I believe I was about maybe 25 when I made that decision that this is something that I wanted to do. Just being able to show them a different way and treating them like family, just to watch their change and to see them go back to their parents, just different kids. It's like amazing when you see it happen, like a a warm feeling inside. So I've been with Hillside uh, for 20 years. So my favorite aspect about being a foster parent would actually be what I just told you about why I became a foster parent. It is being able to see that change, being able to see that growth. It's kind of like a gratification. You just feel so happy that you were able to be a part of that or just to be instrumental in that growth to help to guide, you know, the child in that direction of success. Challenges that I have been able to overcome would be... Some like behavior issues that maybe in the beginning I would consider it to be extreme. I'll have to say some of the ways that I've been able to overcome those, ch- um, those challenges would be through like my support system, being able to like utilize my family consultant, actually being able to utilize respite, becoming more proactive with psychiatrists and therapists, so a lot of the times I have to really kind of like say to myself to not take it personal. These are kids that are coming from extreme situations or, you know, or broken homes or coming from group homes and hospitals. So it's really about remembering where these kids are coming from. For myself, every time I have a foster child, I have to recalibrate everything because every child is so different. What you may have used on your on on another child is not going to work on a new child. Different issues, different personality, everything is just so different. So you have to just have like just multiple strategies of what you're going to do for each child smothering them with love I mean, is not going to work because then some kids they just want structure, structure, structure and then some kids just want to be smothered with love. It's just so many, you know, it's so many different formulas how to you know, take care of the child that's in your home. So over the years the way that I approach fostering has evolved from when I was younger, I myself felt like the way how my parents did it is the way that I'm going to do it. That doesn't work. (laughs) Well, it doesn't work all the time. Maybe your basic foundations of, you know, um, morality and and ethics and, you know, things like that, that will work. But I have learned that patience is so key because you have to just have so much patience and understanding. So I'm learning more and more to listen to the kids that are in my home. So what I appreciate most about fostering with Hillside is the support that they give. I feel like they understand the child's um, struggles and they understand our struggles as foster parents. They understand how difficult it can be a lot of the times. And they're there for us. Basically, I wanna say 24/7. It's like a hotline. The main things that keep me continuing to to be able to do this for so long. So a child that I had or children that I may have had, let's say 18 years ago. So I'm still in contact with them. And when you get that phone call or that visit that says I've got kids and it's because of you and your your husband that um that i understand what it is to be a parent and that i know how to raise my kids well it brings tears to me whenever it happens it just makes me cry so things like that and um i actually have a foster child right now that's in college just got his driver's license working on his car and I feel like the proudest mom for his graduation, like I couldn't be any more proud. I had his um, face plastered everywhere. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's those moments that helps me to continue going on.
0: In addition to placing a child in a foster home, Hillside Connections assigns the child and the family a foster care consultant. Here's Makisha Yarbrough, a family consultant with Hillside Connections with more.
3: Hello, my name is Makisha Yarbrough. I am a family consultant with Hillside Connections. To be a family consultant, it's, I would say we're a jack of all trades. Um, Our main thing is to support the children in the home and support the foster parent and to make sure that all their needs are being met. And in doing so, I think as a good family consultant, we're family. It helps to have a relationship with not just a foster parent, but the youth who you're caring for so that they can feel comfortable around you so that that way in a time of crisis, they know that they can trust you. In order to make sure that the foster parents and the children have their needs met, we meet with them weekly or biweekly. We we do what's called sometimes a coaching form with the foster parent to just kind of do a check-in to see how they're doing and what needs they need to be met. We also check on their self-care because that's important. You can't care for others if you're not taking care of yourself. And then with the youth and care, we do something similar and make sure that their needs are being met. We'll take them out in the community to kind of expose them to some um, social skills. And also that gives us a chance to talk to them outside of the home because sometimes kids aren't comfortable talking in the home. I think our families are the most important parts to these children's lives. And without them, we really wouldn't be successful at all. So I think it's very important to work with them and to support the foster parents. It's easy for me as a family consultant to come in for an hour or two a week, whereas the foster parents are with these kids, especially right now during the pandemic, you know, 24-7 sometimes. You know, without the support of the foster parents, the, we'd have even more youth staying in hotels or just not in good placements. I continue to stay passionate and invested just in... I've always wanted to help a child to be a child and to have as happy and as quote unquote normal of a childhood as possible. And I see that there's still a need. I mean, honestly, in my heart of hearts, it would be nice for my position to not be needed, but it is, and it always will be. And um, I feel like I am one who loves doing that. I have a passion for seeing the kids succeed. And so that just kind of helps me in the little, little things like children graduating or even somebody following directions to the big things to former foster youth coming back and, you know, I've received copies of their GEDs later in life and knowing that, okay, so we do make a difference. I would say some of the key components needed to make a foster family successful would include patience. You have to have a lot of patience Mm -hmm. because these kids all come to us with what's called an invisible suitcase Mm -hmm. full of different traumas and experiences Mm -hmm. they've had. And just strength and consistency. And the children need somebody who care, who truly genuinely care about them through the good and the bad. What I feel like has happened to a lot of our youth in care is they're punished and they're talked down to when they're doing negative but there's never any praise when they're doing positive. And you've got to have that balance of, you know, you have to, yes, set consequences and let somebody know when they're doing wrong, but you also need to let them know when they're doing well. We are a necessity. Not all children will be raised in their homes. And I think sometimes people see foster care on TV and they think of it as one way, like, oh, people are just in it for the money or these children are being abused. I can say this, that all the children with Hillside Connections are being treated amazingly. All their needs are being met and most of their wants are being met as well. It takes a lot to raise a child, especially a child with trauma who comes to you not wanting to necessarily be there.
0: There are different ways you can become involved in foster care. Kaylee Lowndes explains. There are a lot of ways for folks
1: to get involved with Hillside and with fostering. Um, There's lots of options and there's a whole range of levels in terms of like the dedication and the life-changing decisions you can make. Um, The first one I'm always going to advocate for is you can become a foster parent. It is life-changing, not just for yourself um, and your family, but for the children that become a part of your family. We have kids who still connect with their foster parents after years of no longer living in their home. Um, We have kids who still reach out to our family consultants 10, 15, 20 years after they stopped working with us where they're adults now. You can also become a respite parent which means that you would just take care of our children on a weekend or for a few days when a foster parent needs a break. Uh, We have several respite providers and it's greatly needed because our foster parents do need time to care for themselves. And we have respite parents who provide consistent care to the same children. So it's pretty similar to if a biological child, were going to go stay with a grandparent or some other relative for the weekend. Uh, It allows that child a sense of normalcy and community engagement and connection that they might not already have. Uh, Some other things that people don't think about is providing meals to foster families so they don't have to cook every night of the week. We have some homes that have two or three kids uh, in the home. And so making meals for five or six people uh, every single night can be a lot. And so having a home-cooked meal Is is really a nice and kind gesture. Uh, We also have people who act as mentors to our kids in foster care. That after they meet them and they're like, "Wow, this kid's actually pretty awesome." What are other things that I can do? Uh, They decide to mentor our child, um, and that might mean you know every other weekend they see the child once a month, they go out on an outing, uh, or they just do every other every so often check ins with the child to see what's going on, or if there's anything the child wants to talk about. Another option to get involved is becoming a donor for our foster care program in sponsoring a child's extracurricular activity. We like to have about 75% of the kids in our program in some form of community connection or extracurricular activity. This provides our kids with connections outside of just their foster home. They're able to make friends, learn more about others in their community, and get experience that they wouldn't necessarily have if they were just at home or going to school. And if you think about it, you know, upbringings where you maybe got to have Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or soccer camp or gymnastics or dance, these are things that because there's no state funding for these opportunities or very limited state funding, our kids don't often get to engage in extracurricular activities Hillside relies on donor funds to provide supports like soccer camps, gymnastics, dance, for every single one of our kids, which is something that, you know, we really rely and connect on our community to help us provide for this need. Uh, So those are a plethora of ways that folks can get involved with fostering and help make a difference in our kids' lives, whether it's helping with cooking meals, providing funds for different activities, or actually becoming a foster parent. Those are all things that we really look for and look forward to hearing from folks about. If you're interested in learning any more information about becoming a foster parent or respite parent or any of the other opportunities, next steps would be calling Hillside, um, talking with one of our staff, scheduling and orientation where we would get to know you and your family a little bit better and you would get to know us Um, and we could talk about your goals for supporting hillside and how we can move forward together you can reach us at fosterreferrals so f-o-s-t-e-r-r-e-f-e-r-r-a-l-s at hside.org or you can call 404-432-5892, or go to hside.org and click on the link to our foster page where you can fill out a contact form that is received by one of our staff, and we'll get back to you as soon as the message is received. Any one of these options connects us together in order to speak with what you're most interested in and learning about foster care and connecting with our staff. What we do at Hillside and how we value our children and families, it's about shifting the narrative to provide better opportunities to our children and providing them with the supports and the resources they need to be successful. We want the child's goals to be child-driven, And we want our foster parents to feel supported in everything that we do. As a therapeutic provider, myself and my staff at Hillside take responding to a child's therapeutic needs very seriously. And we work really hard to make sure that our foster parents are trained, they are competent, they feel capable of meeting the needs of any child that will be placed in their home. And we work Really closely with the state, community connections, and even others within the foster parent support network to make sure that the child and the family are provided with that real wraparound level of care. That it's not just therapy, it's not just this support or that support. That we're really working holistically to make sure that everyone's needs are met and that anyone can communicate concerns. Stressors and needs, and that they will be addressed within the treatment team. And this is something that within therapeutic foster care kind of goes beyond that traditional foster care, where we're really looking to provide the child with healing while they are in our foster homes. And our foster parents play a big part of that. Uh, and so, as a foster parent, we hope when folks come to our agency, they're ready to make that life-changing decisions, not just for themselves and their family, but for any child that they care for.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Reframe Children's Mental Health. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside, visit our website at hside.org.